0: that good? All right. All right. All right. <laughs> all right. Good. All the Walter stuff wasn't on online there, you know, so they can't listen to all that. That was just between us, all right? Um, so if you have your Bible, it's going to be in Ephesians chapter 4. We're going to look at verse 12. So we're talking about the job description that God has for us this morning. Remember last week we talked about all of the offices or the roles that God calls people to within the church as leaders, all right? Everybody has a job. Remember this? Everybody has a job. Can you say that with me? Everybody has a job a job In the kingdom of God, there is no sit and soak. Every one of us has been called to do a work, a work that God has prepared for us. We're going to see that again this morning. But the deal is, is that some folks he had called out to offices. We looked at apostles and prophets and evangelists and pastors and teachers. We looked at each one of those portions last week. Well, today what we're going to do is we're going to look at what the job description for everybody is. Not only is it for the leaders in the church, it's for every single one. One of us. So, this is the job description for us as believers and followers of Christ. Our job is for the equipping of the saints for the work of service to the building up of the body of Christ. Now look, it comes right after he's given all of these office officers positions that he's placed within the body of Christ. So in a lot of cases, we look at this and we say, this is just for them. But the things that we need to talk about today is for every single one of us. If we realize that we're truly all interconnected, our job is to be a servant And a leader and a follower of Christ to all of those who are around us. Every single one of us. So in some cases, we're serving other people. In some cases, we're leading other people. And in some cases, we're always trying to be a follower of Christ. And so for each one of us, as we're on that journey and as we're doing what God has called us to do, we have to find our place in this. And as we find our place, we realize that although there's different roles that we have within the church, the job that we're supposed to do, the description of it, is the same. It's the same for us. And there's really two things that it talks about. There's two tasks that this passage gives For us as followers of Christ. The first one is for the equipping of the saints. The first task for us is to equip those who are around us. What does that mean? That means to prepare the individual for service. Every single one of us needs to be in preparation mode for those who are around us. We've bought bought into a fallacy. The fallacy comes from the world and we've placed it within the church. The fallacy of the world says you pay people to do things. And so we think that if someone's getting paid for it, then they have to do it all. So guess what? We pay a pastor... We pay staff people. We pay these officers that are within the church sometimes, not deacons and lay people and stuff like that. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about other roles, missionaries we give to them. all this. So when someone's paid for something, right, they're the ones that's supposed to do all the work. So if we pay somebody to be a missionary or an evangelist or whatever, does that mean that we don't share our faith? Does that mean that we don't go anywhere? Does that mean we don't tell anybody about Jesus? That doesn't mean that at all. But see, we've bought into that role. We've bought into that type of atmosphere and that way of thinking. Is the pastor the only one that can tell somebody about Jesus Christ? No, he's not. Is the pastor the only one that should know how to share his faith? Every single one of us should know how to share our faith. Is the pastor the only one that has a testimony? No, everybody has a testimony, every single one of us. So as we live and as we breathe and as our life takes meaning for the work that God has called us to, we need to understand that we're to equip those who are around us. We're to prepare individuals for service in every role that we have. So if someone becomes a leader in any area of the church, then what we should do is be finding our replacement not only finding our replacement, training our replacement, and then be willing to succeed that role to go find another role that God would have us do within the body of Christ. Now, is that the way it works? No, no it doesn't. We, we get a role and we get a title, and then we end up hanging on to it for the entirety of our lives. Okay? And we see that within the church all the time. And that's not the problem a lot of times of the person that's in the role. It's, a, it's the responsibility of everybody within the body of Christ to realize that you're not just supposed to show up here on Sunday morning and crack open the Bible with Pastor Tim, get up and walk out and think, that's cool, that's my place. No. Everybody has to be involved here because sometimes things happen. Things happened Wednesday night here, Right? no one could have said what happened here on Wednesday afternoon into Wednesday evening was going to happen. So everybody that had the plans and the things lined up and were the ones that were supposed to be responsible could not be here. So we have to be able to act and respond. We've got to be involved. We have to be interconnected enough to know what's going on to be able to step in Fill the roles and be responsible when God calls us to and so in, in that case we've always constantly got to be equipping each other how do you equip someone you can talk back just don't throw things it's all good talk back to me I'm sorry teach them you teach them what's, what's a, spend time with them what's a, pray for them what's another way encourage them so in all of those ways, we're what? Connecting our lives with other people. Every single one of those is to connect our life with someone else's life in some way, shape, form, or fashion. And in this world that can be done in a multiplicable ways. I mean, we can communicate online, we can communicate through the phone, we can communicate what, visually? I mean, good grief, we can even FaceTime each other, right? I can sit here and just look at you and go, hey, how are you doing today? It's good to see you. And not even be in the same room, it's all, it's great. Been in Peru communicating with my wife. That's awesome. I mean, who could do that? She could see how bad my hair was that day, and I really didn't care, because those people didn't even know. All right. So you've got to understand and see that there's no excuse for us not to interconnect our lives. Because all of those opportunities lie there for us each and every day. But we choose not to do that. And because we choose not to do that, we're laying down one of the very tasks that God has called us to do. We're not equipping other people. So guess what? When our time comes to step down and to give up that role, there's no one else there. So it goes away. Or someone has to assume it, and then we have to go through the whole part, point of training them, raising them up. God has called us to equip the saints, prepared individual for service. This is what he says in Scripture in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them. Every one of us is on a journey. Sometimes you don't know where you're supposed to go until God gives you an open door and tells you what you're supposed to do. And once God reveals that to you, that happens at different times. And it's not always the same time for every person. So God is constantly raising up people to do things. And somebody may not even know what they were being raised up for weeks and months ago. As God is revealing himself to each one of us individually, sometimes he transforms and changes us into new areas and new places where we're supposed to journey and walk. You know what? That's what worship is really all about. Worship is so that we can come and commune here with God and God speak to us. And when he speaks to us, not only does he speak to us uh, uh, physically through his word and through a pastor and a preacher, but he speaks to us spiritually in our heart. When someone tells you of needs within the body of Christ and things that need to go on, I would hope that God would pierce your heart and say, you know what, I need to be part of that. Because here lies a hole in our body of where we need to have someone feel that in a responsibility or a role to be able to minister to other people. Maybe I'm the one that God is calling to to step up. I don't know how to do that. Well, somebody does. So we need to find that God has prepared works for you. You must walk in them. And then Paul says this. Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 5 through 9, he says, What then is Apollos and is Paul, servants in whom you believed? Even as the Lord gave opportunity to each one, I planted, Apollos watered, but God causing the growth. So then neither one of them, the one who plants or the one who waters is anything, but God causes the growth. He who plants and he who waters are one, but each will receive his own reward according to his own labor. For we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field. You are God's building. Look at that now. Let's break that down for a second. I'm going to use an example. I don't think she's in here anymore. Is Natalie even in here anymore? Natalie went back, didn't she? Natalie's 13. All right. So, We said that we wanted people to come out and be a part of our worship team. A a 12-year-old at the time comes up to Elizabeth and says, Hey, I'd like to be a part of what's going on here. I'd like to be a part of our worship team. Now, Elizabeth could have said, You're 12 years old. That ain't happening. You're not old enough to make that happen yet. But what did Elizabeth do? Elizabeth took her under her arm. She gave her confidence, gave her roles, gave her responsibilities. And now this morning, because of the things that are going on in our congregation, she's up there by her what? Self. And she is helping lead worship in this congregation by herself. So she what? She showed her how to do it. She walked with her to do it. And now she is what? Doing it herself. So she has walked her through that entire process. If you were out in the world and they were teaching you how to do it, that's exactly what you're supposed to do, to train somebody else to take your place in a job, isn't it? If Elizabeth teaches her how to play the piano, Elizabeth's going to be sitting in the crowd. (laughs) That'll be okay, warning Elizabeth. All right. So guess what? I mean, that's what we do. That's the whole picture of what the body of Christ is. But we like titles, we like positions, we like authority, we like what it means for us. And so what we do is we stop training other people. Paul says this, me and Apollos, we're nothing. God causes the increase. So if I'm a a pastor of a church, it is just unfathomable to me to think that you could not go on without me. You can go on without me. You went on without me for hundreds of years, haven't you? But we think that. We think we're irreplaceable. And in fact, the world teaches us sometimes in our jobs to make ourselves irreplaceable because then the company can't fire you, right? Well, that's the wrong aspect and the wrong way to look at this. Our job is to multiply ourselves out in the kingdom of God. What does it say here? Look at this. We're God's fellow workers. You are God's field. You are God's building. So look at that all and all the aspects of it. You're a fellow worker. You're walking with God in the work that he has called you to do. You're his fellow worker. He's going to get the job done through you. That's how he's choosing to do it. Could God just open up the skies and appear? He could, but he's not doing that. He says in the day and the age of the church, he's going to use us. So we're God's fellow workers. We are God's field. God is working on you. God is working in you. So at the same time that you are trying to help somebody else, he is also preparing you for the next work that you've been called to. And then he says you are God's building. You are God's building, meaning this is not God's building. Worship services are rallying times for the body of Christ and opportunities to reach out into the lost world. But the real work of evangelism and making an impact in somebody's life does not take place here at this hour. The real work takes place every other hour but this one. You get to see the fruits of all the other hours in this hour a lot of times when you have an invitation and see someone call forward. But I can guarantee you this, that lots of plowing and lots of preparing of the field has gone into someone's life long before they ever get here. God is doing a work in them through somebody else or through the power of the Holy Spirit before they ever show up. One of my former pastors used to say that the 11 o'clock hour was the greatest hour of the week. And I love him to death, but I disagree with him wholeheartedly. Why? Because it's always 11 o'clock somewhere. Jimmy Buffett said it was always 5 o'clock somewhere, so it's always 11 o'clock somewhere, right? So it's always 11 o'clock. That means all the hours are are good, right? And so what's taking place outside these four walls is more important or just as important as what's taking place inside these four walls from 11 to 12. And by the way, I'm really sorry. I'm really over. It's already 1240 right now. I'm just kidding. (laughs) The clock on the back back there hasn't been done. I'm trying to go as quickly as possible, but it's going to be one o'clock before you get out of here today. All right. So, then, look what he says in Ephesians chapter 6, verses 13 through 18. Therefore, take up the full armor of God, so that you'll be able to resist the evil day. And having done everything to stand firm, stand firm therefore, having girded your loins with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. In addition to all, taking up the shield of faith, which will be able to extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one and, ta- and put on the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. With all prayer and petition, pray at all times in the spirit with this in view. Be on alert with all perseverance and petition for all the saints. So he's telling us not only are we have the job of equipping other people, but we got to go out what? Equipped ourselves. You're never going to be able to fulfill what God wants you to do unless you are equipped yourself. Now, when you put on the full armor of God, every single piece of that is defensive except one. One thing is the offense. The sword of the Spirit, which is the what? Word of God. The Word of God is your offensive weapon. Why? Because it is truth. Everything else you're going to need to defend yourself. You need the breastplate of righteousness. You need the helmet of salvation. Because they don't know Jesus. So you need to guard your mind and know you know what is right. You know in your heart what is right. They don't. So, as they sling the world's arrows at you, you will have to defend yourself. But you have one offensive weapon, and it is not your sassy mouth, it is not your good wit, it is not your ability to be able to shoot back at people when they shoot at you. It is the Word of God. That's what you've got to use. So when you speak truth, you need to speak truth in love. Know what to say, how to say it, so that you will have the right word to say at the right time. That is the equipping part of this. You need to have on your armor so that you might be able to go out and defend yourself against the world, but so that you can also go out ready to what? Be offensive in the world. We talked about this, and I don't know if you talked about it in your Sunday school class, but we have to, the culture lives, the day our Sunday school class lesson was Ephesians chapter 5 about how the world is. But then it says how we are to live. That is not like the world. So you are running counterculture And the word tells us that you are a light. Our passages today told us that we are a light. When you go out and you shine your light out in the world, the world is a dark, dark place. Do you think everybody's gonna run out of the darkness and go, thank you, brother Tim, for sharing the light with me? They don't. They run. They run from the light. You are counterculture. You must be ready to defend yourself. And if you don't put on your armor, you're gonna get beat to a pulp. So be prepared. Be prepared to go out and equip others with the truth that is the word of God. Be prepared to share your life and pour it into someone else so that that other individual may know how that God wants them to serve. So we have a job. The job is to equip the saints for the work of the service. And then the second part is this, to building up of the body of Christ. The second part, the second task is edification. To build up the body of Christ. We have this parable that's given to us in Scripture by Christ. He talks about giving talents to particular people, right? And as he gives the talents, some got five, one got two, and one got one, right? The one with five went out and did what? Turned it into ten. The one with two went out and turned it into four. The one with one went out and what? Buried it. Buried it and tried to hold on to the talent, to the gift that God had given them. And then the master came back and said, what have you done with what I gave you? And he was so mad at the one who buried it, he did what? Took it from him. And who did he give it to? The dude that already had 10. Rich, keep getting richer. God gave more responsibility to the one who was faithful with what he had been given. That's what scripture says. Luke chapter, Luke tells, I can't remember, I think it's chapter 5 where it talks about that he's going to pour down into our laps and press it down and it's going to overflow out. That's what happens when we are faithful with what God has given us, then he is going to give us more. He's going to press it down. It is going to run over out of our lap. That's what God wants to do in our life. Our life not only will be a blessing, but we will be blessed. He will take care of our every need at the same time that the overflow out of that, he's going to take care of the others who are around us. That's building up of the body of Christ. That's what he's called us to do. If we take what we've been given and go and hide it or abuse it, we're not going to keep it. He will remove his light. He will remove the lamp. And if he does that, There's no fire, there's no power, there's no passion, there's no Holy Spirit involved in what's going on. How are we going to build somebody else up if we don't have Christ in us? It's not going to happen. John chapter 15 says, I am the brine, you are the branches. You can't do anything apart from me. So if, if this is God's job, God's work, And you or I are just the field, just the fellow workers, and we're just the building. Then it's all about God doing what he needs to do in and through our lives. And if we refuse to do that, then we're doing nothing. We're doing nothing. And I'm going to put this to you. The vast majority of the body of Christ right now is doing nothing. Nothing. This morning, we will see large amounts of people in large venues file in and file out. They won't serve. They won't help others. They will encounter God through the Word of God, hopefully, in in these churches. And that they will hear truth, but it will not affect their lives. Because to worship is to walk out of here different than when you walked in. Ed tells me all the time I step on his toes. That's what I'm supposed to do. Not me personally, but by opening up the Word of God. The Word of God is supposed to... You're supposed to come to the reality of that and go, Man, I got work to do. And who I am in the flesh, who I am in the spirit... And what I got to do for the kingdom of God. That's what this is all about. If you walk in and walk out and go, man, what's for lunch? We have wasted our time. Our time. I think I've told you guys this before, right? There's 50 people in here. Every minute that I speak is 50 minutes of life. I'm not up here for the fun of it. It's 50 minutes in the lives of everybody that's in this room. So if I'm up here just sounding off for 25 minutes, I've wasted hours. I've wasted an entire day worth of time. That's come to nothing. That's not why we gather together. We're not here for that. If we're going to make an impact in the world, then God has to make an impact in our life. Moment by moment, minute by minute, God is working for that. That's what he's trying to do. The whole point and purpose of that is to what? The two things, to prepare the individual for service and then to build up the body. God is making it so that he will increase in us and through us the kingdom of God. And that's not addition. The church is caught up with addition. We need one more dollar. If you give one more dollar, it'll make all the difference in the world. We need one more person. If we have one more person, it'll make all the difference in the world. If we have one more, whatever you want to add, insert here, it'll make all the difference in the world. God's in the multiplication. Paul said this to Timothy, you take the words that you have heard from me and you give them to someone who's able to give that to somebody else. That's fourfold. That's fourfold discipleship. Paul says, I'm pouring into you, Timothy. Timothy, your job is to pour into somebody else. And then not only are you to pour into somebody else, you're to pour into somebody else who has the ability to pour into somebody else. I'm going to use this. I know it's kind of crazy. We got this in the mail here at the church today. This is really off the cuff. This came to the church from a family who we used to have a Bible study in, in their home, 20 years ago at our first church plant. We have not seen them in 15 years face to face. Get a Christmas card or something like that. We still have a relationship the impact that we had together 15, 20 years ago is still what? Multiplying itself out all these years later and we have not even physically been in the same room in decades. God is God. We are not. I give seed to the sower your job is to sow the seed. This is the seed he gives us. It's not a glamorous job. It's not something that everybody's going to go out and say, woohoo, what a great job God has given me today to be a servant to someone else, to pour into someone else's life, to give of myself to someone else who may not even appreciate it at the moment. But it's still what God has called us to do. And he's called us to do it with a smile. We're Chick-fil-A. When you go through the line at Chick-fil-A, what do they say when they give you the meal? You say, thank you. And they go, what? My pleasure. It is, isn't it? It should be. My pleasure to serve you. My pleasure to spend time with you. My pleasure to teach you how to teach, to lead, to God, to grow others. My pleasure. I'm so glad for the opportunity. In fact Paul tells us that in Galatians doesn't he? He says make the most of every opportunity that you have to speak that this truth that he's telling us about in Ephesians to other people. He said even more importantly to have, when you have opportunity to do it with the brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus. One day we won't long, no longer have the opportunity. I want to tell you something. She's not here this morning but Miss Jeanette came up to me after church Sunday, and she wanted to say something to you. I'm going to say it. If she comes back and she wants to say it, I'm going to let her say it too, because I don't know if she's watching this morning. But she says, Pastor Tim, please give me the opportunity to speak to the congregation. I said, what do you want to say? I said, you can say whatever you want to, but just tell me what you want to say. She says, please let me tell them to go do what they can do while they can still do it, because one day they might not be able to do it. And she's thinking about her own physical well-being and how she can't get out, how she can't drive, how she can't go, how she can't help somebody else. And the whole time that we were sitting here talking about that, she was thinking about, I need to be able to tell them so that they will make the most of the opportunity that they have before them. This afternoon, we're going to have the opportunity, some of you, to serve a family who's a great part of our congregation It's your pleasure. It's your pleasure to be there. Is it? Or are you thinking, man, I could be watching the Falcons right now. That wouldn't be nothing, is it? That's a pure waste of time. That's right. (laughs) But think about it. My pleasure. Thank you for the opportunity. Do we thank God for that? Or do we go home in the afternoon after having done something and it's exhausted us going, well, thanks a lot for that, Lord. I really appreciate that one. Why? Why should we have this attitude which is in Christ Jesus? Because it's what we've been called to do. It's our job. Every single one of us. Not just folks that you pay. And if we don't do our job, the kingdom does not multiply out. And If the kingdom stops multiplying out, we have failed. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. We thank you, Father, for the opportunity which we have to be here in worship this morning. We thank you for your word. We thank you for the fact that we can look at one verse of scripture and get so much out of it. I thank you for the blessings of life, the ability to be able to serve others, the ability to be able to do that which you've called us to do, the ability to be able to pour into other people. Forgive us of the times in which we fail you. Forgive us of the times in which we um, get caught up in ourselves. There's nothing about the kingdom of God that has the word self in it. The word selfless defines us. The last shall be first. Everyone comes before us. May we be a blessing and a light today. May we fulfill the job in which you've called us to do. The one that's described to us in scripture. We ask this now in the name of Christ Jesus, our Savior and Lord. Amen.